0: Welcome back to Tread Lightly, where we break down training topics to help you train smarter, not harder.
1: I'm your co-host and running coach, Laura Norris. And I'm co-host and coach
0: Amanda Brooks of Run to the Finish.
1: If you've been loving the show, then we truly appreciate it if you have a few seconds to share an episode with friends.
0: Absolutely. And make sure that you take a second to rate, review on Apple, Spotify, or Google. So, We want to kick off today with another listener question before we dive into our big topic. And this one came from at Caitlin and Lynn on Instagram. So truly, this could be its own episode, but we'll give you some quick thoughts. She said, I loved the show about long run fueling, but you didn't really talk about what to eat before, like the morning of a race, uh, empty stomach versus eating. So... First thoughts on this, Laura
1: yeah, um, so the recommendations are actually I think really surprising for a lot of people, so the recommendations are one gram of carbo- one to four grams of carbohydrates per kilogram of body weight, so if you weigh sixty five kilograms, which is like pretty average runner uh that's like. A minimum of 65 grams of carbs before a race, ideally, you know, 120, maybe even more. That's a lot of carbs. So it's hugely beneficial. It just, racing usually is first thing in the morning. It tops off your glycogen stores that are depleted in an overnight fast. It gives you readily available blood glucose to use for energy. And I think the other thing that we kind of miss when we think about this is not is it just giving you energy, it's giving you mental focus. Like, think about how hard it is to focus on something when you are hungry. You don't want that in a race. You want to have energy and you want to be mentally sharp.
0: Yeah. And I think. That big number is why you so often see us talk about race morning, that you're eating your main meal like two hours before. And it's because we're trying to get you to eat a decent volume of carbohydrates that morning, but have time for it to settle so that you don't eat that and immediately start running and think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to vomit. Um now, your everyday training run, a little bit different. I mean, I certainly know there's roughly 30 minutes between the time I get up, finish eating, and start my workout, so I'm not eating this massive bowl of oatmeal. I'm having some Cheerios and some nut butter, and then I am prioritizing that post-run refuel because I didn't take in a huge amount before, so it is a slightly different when we're talking, you know, uh, training. The other big thing that I often point to is I understand a lot of you don't like to fuel before, but we also know it's increasing your cortisol. So running is already hard and now you're telling your body, this is even mm-hmm. harder. <laughs> and so it's just increasing that stress hormone makes it harder to recover and all those kinds of things. So Again, we could both talk on this forever, so if there's a lot of requests, we can do another full episode around more things fueling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be a good topic for a full episode, but also important to answer for people right away. Um, All right, so let's move on to today's discussion about postpartum running. This is something that I've been through personally, I've coached athletes through, and we've both received tons of questions about.
0: And I'm so glad that we'll have your personal experience to share. I think what's really crazy that we've both seen is that it is so very different for every single runner. So, what we're kind of going through today are some of the big guidelines, some of the things to really help you better understand exactly what's happening into your body, what's changing, what to expect you know, maybe relieving some of that pressure to feel like you need to jump back into it because now, you know, like what has happened and what the repercussions could possibly be of, of doing it too soon.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, to kind of like segue into it, we often hear like, oh, well, Cara Goucher ran like super soon postpartum. She was racing postpartum and she's revealed in her book that she made that choice because she was, she lost her contract due to not racing. There was no pregnancy clause in that. So she didn't make that decision out of anything other than job security and she's oh I'm really glad she's openly talked about that because we sometimes see elites jump back into it really quickly and we're like, "Oh wow, if they can do it, it must be fine," but it's a lot more complicated than that and it's it shows kind of the misogynistic issues in some of the running contracts that we're working past when in reality for most people um it's a long timeline to come back from postpartum, a lot longer than a lot of people want to give themselves. It's kind of like coming back from an
0: injury. A hundred percent. That's generally how I talk to athletes about it is thinking about it like coming back from an injury. And I think that's why I get frustrated on Instagram when I do see people like jump back into it super quick. And then they do often end up with issues down the road. And it's the same thing we talked about previously where people don't always tie the two things together, um, but it certainly happens. So part of why we're talking about this being a little bit like an injury is this hormone called relaxin. So this impacts like your joint laxity, your tendons, your ligaments, your muscles, your bones, and all of that's intentional. We want the body to be able to grow and expand so that you can push out a baby, hold a baby in your body. But That all remains in your system for up to five months postpartum. So think about all of your joints being a little bit too mobile, your tendons not being able to spring when you take a step. Everything's just too loose, and that's five months. So if you start jumping back into training super quickly, just because maybe you want to do it, doesn't mean your body is actually ready and capable of handling it. So for a long time, we saw recommendations that, well, and I won't even say recommendations, women would go into a doctor and at six weeks, they'd be like, cool, you're cleared. And that was kind of the end of the story. So people would just kind of go back to doing what they did. But we finally have some new guidelines, more research. And again, it's taking into account things like that. And really, the recommendation now is generally... 12 weeks before they want to see anyone starting any really high impact stuff again, and then again, coming back like an injury. So starting with run walk, just take a bunch of walks even in between. um, And really don't try to compare where you are right now to where you were even while you were pregnant. I know a lot of people who can run all the way through pregnancy and then postpartum really need that three months off for their body to actually recover. Absolutely. And I think the the type of birth and delivery
1: you go through has impact. So like we tend to think like, oh, you pop out the baby, you know, let yourself stop bleeding six weeks, you're fine. When in reality, like you can have tearing down there that takes a long time to recover, birth injuries are a very real thing, even in modern medicine. And C-sections require longer recovery. I mean, when you have a C-section, they're slicing through seven layers of tissue. That is a lot of tissue that needs to heal. You're having major abdominal surgery. But I think especially like, even if you find that there are some individuals who may be ready at say like eight weeks postpartum, but the reason we really want to wait and a minimum of six weeks before reintroducing any like cross training, low impact stuff, getting on the bike strength training is because like, even if you feel fine internally, you have a dinner plate plate size wound from where the placenta attached that needs to heal. You probably bleed for several weeks. Most people bleed for like four to six weeks. Um, because of that wound, your uterus is going to be shrinking down in size over that time. Um, there's all sorts of ligament laxity you're establishing breastfeeding it's a significant stress on your body so even if you like feel super great at two weeks postpartum that doesn't mean things internally are ready to go
0: yeah what are some of the like tests or ways you have people even kind of assess if they're ready
1: yeah so first we consider again like the type of birth c-section will be different than a vaginal tearing is taken into account um But then like, so we look at any trauma from birth, any birth injuries, then how well are you sleeping? Like some people at three months are not even stringing together like five hours straight of sleep. Some people have babies that sleep super awesome. Sleep affects your recovery from birth. It affects your ability to recover from running. So if your baby's a good sleeper, that might be a little different than if you're still waking up multiple times a night to nurse. Um, We do want to make sure that the bleeding, the lochia has stopped and like not just like stopped for a day, but like been gone for a good while now. And that's often why I tell athletes is like, if you start again and you start bleeding again, we want to back off and wait a little bit longer. If you have any symptoms of prolapse, like your organs prolapsing through your pelvic floor or diastasis recti, which is abdominal separation, you want to address those first before you start to run. And then two like tests I like are the single leg hop tests. Like you should be able to hop, on a single leg for like 20 to 30 seconds and not feel like your internal organs are going to fall out, not experience pain. And then I personally like athletes to first be able to walk like 45 to 60 minutes without pain during or after to know that they're ready to start run walk. And again, like we're not jumping straight into running. I do super conservative run walk to start.
0: Yeah. And I love starting with the walking and then taking into account how you feel the next day. Um, because yes, if we start conservatively, like it's much easier to build rather than you go out like for that first run walk without even having done a lot of walking and then you have major issues the next day. So I agree. I love the conservative approach. Um, one of the things that you can be doing as you're kind of just taking your walks and building up is pelvic floor exercises. So really and truly, um, this would be the first thing I point to for most people. You really have to kind of rebuild your foundation, your stability. And this is way more than doing Kegels. Um, It's really like a set of true exercises. So they are super hard to describe with audio. Um, However, Bump Runner, which is done by Christine Nichols, she has an entire program. So it is one I have sent to many athletes. You can go check that out. Um, And she will guide you through different ways that you're squeezing balls, that you're thinking about zipping up, um, that you're practicing all that breathing and things. And that is just super important. And that is something you can be doing that's going to then lead into their running being able to feel better. So another piece of that actually is diaphragmatic breathing. So something we don't really think about is that when you're pregnant, your diaphragm is basically getting squished, right? It's getting pushed down. And so we need to be able to kind of fully reclaim and bring back that ability for us to really and truly breathe and get in enough oxygen. And this kind of goes into those pelvic floor exercises. Um, It's been pretty cool lately. I've seen a number of folks... um, On Instagram that are trainers I respect who have had babies and this was the first thing they did. So before they ever showed a single workout before they did anything else they started sharing like I'm doing diaphragmatic breathing every day. Um, It's also sort of peaceful for you because it's a chance for you to breathe. So A way to think of diaphragmatic breathing is that a lot of the times we're shallow breathing. So you take an inhale and your chest expands. But what we actually want is we want to see your belly expand. So if you were laying on your back, take a deep inhale. You want to feel your belly expand, then your lungs. What's happening there is your diaphragm is actually moving down. So then it's accommodating more. And then as you blow out you kind of feel chest sink, then abdomen sink. Um, so just even practicing that every day, great way to like build that foundation so that hopefully when you come back, things feel better and there are no setbacks. I use the
1: recore fitness program, um, for there's like two, there's a six week program for immediately after and a second six week program, I used both. And those are another fantastic resource. In addition to the bump runner, um, The ReCore ones are very similar, like you start, just like a lot of laying on the floor, breathing, some very gentle bracing exercises, and you build up to stuff that involves single leg balance from there, which I think is also really important. Like your hips have changed, your center of gravity changed during pregnancy. You wanna reestablish stability and also proprioception, the ability to sense where your body is, where your muscles are, what they're doing, as your body goes through those postpartum changes always start there. I always recommend it to all my runners. And also if you are postpartum and you didn't start there, it's never too late to start that. Like it can help even if you're three
0: months, six months, a year. I think that's super important. We actually, we do have athletes now that I will be forcing them to do pelvic core stuff. And they're like, but I had kids forever ago. And I'm like, yeah, but you're missing some of this strength. Um, So yeah, super helpful. I love that reminder. Um, I think one of the other things that people often kind of wonder about is what's normal, what's not normal. We've talked about a lot of the like pain type of things. But there are other things that change, which we don't always think about. So you may actually need a larger shoe size. This is extremely common after giving birth. So you're not strange. You're not abnormal. Super common. Most of the time, you need better sports bras. So it could be just while you're breastfeeding. But for a lot of people, it extends after. They just need more support. Things feel a little different. So... Um, you may need to spend the time like upgrading your sports bras, getting something that has a little more support to it. Um, It's also not abnormal to be peeing a little bit when you run, but that is something we don't want to see continue if we can. So that's often where we go back to, okay, your pelvic floor needs a little more strength. Um, So it's something that I don't want people to feel embarrassed about. It it happens, but hopefully we can diminish that issue a lot of the time by doing those exercises.
1: Yeah. And that was all great. And then the other thing to add to that is like, I'll, you see a lot of people be like, I need to run right now. I need to run before I'm ready because I don't feel normal. I don't feel like myself. I need to run. Things like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety can manifest in ways of like, feeling like you need, like you hear people say, I need to run to feel better. And running can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And it's definitely not a treatment itself for postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. So if you feel that need to jump back into running right away before your body's running, ready, it might be worth talking to your OB, to a mental health specialist, to understand like, are you suffering from postpartum depression, anxiety, anxiety, Um, it's not always like feeling super depressed. It can be feeling anxious. It can be feeling like you need to get back to your normal life, kind of being sad about how things are. Um, like I had postpartum anxiety, I think was what was best classified as. And like, there was definitely times where I was like, I just want to feel normal again in my running. So I'm going to push a little bit more. And thankfully I didn't push myself too hard. Um, and it was a much more complex issue beyond all of that, um, Like mine started like four months postpartum, but it's just something that like running is good, but it's not therapy. And if you need to do it, it's worth examining why.
0: Yeah. And I think what you said there is really important. It doesn't have to look a specific way. So I think we see movies and like, oh, it's just her being really sad and crying and whatever. And it may look like that for you, but it may not. Like it manifests in a lot of different ways. So talk to your friends, you know ask about their experiences, talk to your doctor, um, and don't let people brush you off. That is, that's is—that's a whole nother episode, but <laughs> don't let people brush you off if you're like, no, I don't. This doesn't feel right. You know yourself. You know who you have been for all these years prior, um, and yes, maybe you're not sleeping as much, but you know yourself, so keep asking. Um, okay, let's dive into some practical tips. Absolutely. So, like, I feel like one of the biggest
1: obstacles in postpartum running, once you're past the initial, like, when to get back to it, is balancing running and breastfeeding. Obviously, not everyone breastfeeds. Formula feeding is fantastic, but breastfeeding does have like a little bit of extra stress on the body and a little bit of extra considerations. And this applies if you're solely breastfeeding or if you're combination breastfeeding, formula feeding. But it will be really, it can be really uncomfortable on runs to be nursing get engorged, be on a run. It's super uncomfortable. Um, so some practical tips that can help is to nurse or pump right before you run. If you're a morning runner and you're running super early, you might choose that it's best to pump. One thing that we did that actually works super well is we would do like a dream feed. So I would like wake up at 5 a.m., slip into my daughter's room and go feed her without really waking her up. I mean, they're babies. They'll eat like no matter what. Feed her and then go for my run and it was like a win-win that she then had like a fuller tummy and slept in a little bit more and then I could run comfortably. And it was, so it just worked for us. It's something to consider or pump before you run. Make sure you have sports bras that fit. Like Amanda said, like go get some new ones whether they're nursing specific or not you likely are a bigger size when you're nursing. And then when you get back from your run, it's really important to change out of that sweaty sports bra right away. Sports bras are compressive. And then if they s- you sweat in them, there's bacteria. And that combination can increase your risk for having mastitis, which is an infection there that requires antibiotics to treat and is very painful. So change out of that sports bra right away. Beyond nursing, the other things I always encourage practically are like set rules for yourself to kind of help give yourself grace and make smart decisions throughout. So I had this like guideline that if I slept fewer than five hours, I wouldn't run. I would just get some extra sleep instead. And I've heard some other people do that. And then finally, also like consistency is more important than the exact time. So sometimes if you can just get in a 15 minute run that day, that's awesome. Like you're doing so much as a mom already embrace those short runs. They'll build fitness long-term. They're easier on your body when you have sleep deficits and nursing stress and everything, but it builds fitness.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. A few other things to sort of remember, especially around breastfeeding are that that actually consumes a lot of calories. So your body is actually working very, very hard. So it changes your fueling a little bit. Um, one, you need to be really conscious of carrying fuel, fluids, both. So, I know, folks, you don't like carrying your water bottles. Take your water bottles, sip on it every mile during your run, sip on it every 10 minutes during your run, whatever that might be, so that you are staying hydrated. And then try fueling even on runs that are 60 minutes instead of waiting all the way up till 90 minutes. So it just becomes more important that you're replenishing yourself because you are burning more calories and you want to keep that milk supply up. And so. Your body needs fuel for that to continue happening. And honestly, even for those who are not breastfeeding, you are moving around now all day long. You're doing more things. You are sleep deprived. So fuel is still equally important. Um, I know for so many of our runners, they, they want their body back and I get it. But that initial immediate time postpartum is just kind of, Weight loss is not the goal. Let's focus on total health. Um, And so, yes, really focusing on that fueling around your runs more so than maybe you did before. Absolutely. That's very, very sound advice.
1: And then also, it helps to make sure you eat a lot of iron-rich food and calcium-rich food when you're nursing. Producing breast milk leaches a lot of those minerals. And some women can also be anemic after pregnancy um i was like severely anemic like i had to take these giant black iron pills to bounce back and so like my doctor had me pay very close attention to my iron during nursing calcium is important because if you lose too much calcium your stress fracture risk increase could increase during this time and again like you don't need you don't want to have a stress fracture
0: while your baby's learning to crawl so the next point is one that I'm actually really fascinated by, which is stroller running. I swear anyone I know who has ended up doing the jogging stroller has become like one of the fastest runners. And it's because it's like a strength workout combined with your run. Um, I know it's certainly something you did. So love to hear some of the tips, things you found to kind of work.
1: Yeah. First With stroller running you want to wait until your baby is six months old at the youngest like able to fully support their neck it really pains me when i see people like put their one month old in the stroller attachment on or the car seat attachment on the stroller and run with that those car seat attachments are not recommended by the manufacturers for running they're only supposed to be to make your stroller usable in those months because you paid like 500 bucks for it you might as well just use that one so you wait until you're six months old if you're in doubt get clearance from your pediatrician for it, but just safety is six months. But yes, like Amanda said, stroller running is super hard. Like by the time they're six months old, babies can be kind of big. So with the weight of the stroller and the weight of the baby, it's easily usually 30 plus pounds that you're pushing, if not more. So because there's such a resistance element to that, especially if you live in a hilly area or you encounter any wind, you want to run by RPE, rate of perceived exertion, Or heart rate. So don't try to hit paces you're hitting without the stroller. That's gonna make the run feel impossible. Honest to goodness, probably expect to slow down at least like a minute per mile on most stroller runs because that's how hard it is. That said, like, it's also, it just makes it so much easier. Like, I loved stroller running, my baby loved it, which made it easier. Like, I just put her in there and we'd go for an hour and she'd just be like looking at everything. Um, and like, I would talk to her to work on her language skills, but also to check my my effort. So it was really, really fun, granted. It was like spring and summer when we were in the stroller running phase. So the weather was good. when you are stroller running, and if it also feels like, outlandishly hard you're like I can barely move this stroller check the tires like you have to maintain a jogging stroller like you maintain a bike so I usually recommend like checking the tire pressure weekly have spare tires on hand or at least like a little patching kit on hand in case you go through some bramble and a tire pops but I've seen that with like even some of my athletes They'll be like oh my god the jogging stroller feels so hard right now and I'm like did you check your tire pressure And that was the issue. So don't blame your fitness. Check the tire pressure first. And then just embrace it as its own thing. Like, yes, you'll probably have to stop sometimes because the baby might need something. Some days the baby might tolerate it better than others. Just embrace it as that season of running and getting out there and don't have this huge pressure on yourself about it.
0: I love that. And I think... A nice thing, too, about being sure you wait till that six-month mark is, okay, say you're cleared at 12 weeks. That gives you some time to be building back your run-walk, your run, so that you feel a little stronger to even attempt to run with the stroller. Um, And then like you said, treat it as its own thing. So those runs are different than the runs you start doing by yourself, whether they're on the treadmill or outside. And roughly around six months is kind of the first time I think both of us will even start to consider speed work. Um, And again, that's going to vary by athlete, but as long as everything has been going well and feeling really good. So the speed work often will feel a lot easier in some ways because you've been doing the stroller. And so suddenly you don't have that and you just feel a little freer and a little lighter.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And oh, I remember how easy speed work felt back then. Like it it just, yeah. And then by six months also, they're sleeping better. Like most babies are sleeping so well. They're eating solids, so you're nursing less. It just, it's very a very logical time to wait to start pushing yourself.
0: Awesome. All right, runners. So as always, we love your feedback, love your questions. You can find us on Instagram at Tread Running. Feel free to drop us a note if there's a topic that you would like to see, and we'll make sure to answer some other runner questions in future episodes as well.
1: And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe.